0: Hello and welcome, Podcast und Lotus Eaters. <laughs> we were joking about the Germans. Anyway, joined by Dan and Carl today. Hello. <laughs> Guten Tag. Yeah, yeah, alles gut. And today, uh, wir sprachen. <laughs> we'll be talking about uh, visiting the ruins. The MPs are all being held hostage and the question of whether or not there'll be a genocide in South Africa from the Bleaks. Anyway, I have a nut. Your accent. I have an announcement <laughs> to make, which is that if, uh, if you're one of them premium members, the higher classes of the Lotus Eater's fan base, the it's gold tier. better tiers. kind of people, I think we can call them. The Praetorian the of Lotus of, yeah. Yeah. Eaters. Yeah. Pay five and six pounds a pint. And, oh, that's the going right now, isn't that, it? It is not it yes Bloody hell. Anyway, if you pay 10 pounds a pint, but <laughs> well, more, 40 pounds a month to send in video comments, you know, you guys, the gold tier guys, keep the video comments through 30 seconds. I have been made uh, re- aware of this request from the editor. Because he's threatening to blow his brains out, so um, yeah. please do that. Anyway, I sent him the whole Shrek movie earlier. <laughs> <laughs> Just Thomas, I'm going to do a breakdown of this. <laughs> Sadly, he didn't put it in our list, though, so <clears throat> yeah, It's also illegal. Anyway, <clears throat> so
1: um, don't send us the entire Shrek movie.
0: Yeah, sincerely, don't. We, we won't be playing it. We already have it. <laughs> <laughs> right. The news. The ruins. Visiting the ruins. It's a pastime I think every Englishman enjoys. I think it's mm. got no choice. We, we jolly over to a foreign land and go, oh, look at this. Look how your civilization collapsed. Tee hee. And then we jolly on home and enjoy the countryside and uh, eat bacon sandwiches. Yeah, stuff. maybe
1: 100 yeah. years ago.
0: Yeah, these days, not so much. These days, you step outside and you're like, oh, it's the ruins. I'm already there. Ha, <laughs> huh. I'm going back inside. And if you don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> the English response, I don't think I'll go out today. <laughs> if you don't know what I'm talking about, uh, neither do I, but here today we'll be speaking about this man A bold man and a bankrupt man A man who goes by the name bankrupt and bold And he has a YouTube channel of 4 million subs And he is pretty famous as a vlogger who goes to place Usually Soviet place, because he's obsessed with the Soviet Union And former Soviet republics Is they, he uh,
1: Russian himself?
0: No, he's an Englishman right. So he was one of these early uh, YouTube travel vlogger days, right. guys who would go to somewhere that's, you know, in ruins because the Soviet Empire collapsed 30-odd years ago, and then would speak a bit of Russian, show off the ruins. You know, this is what life looks like there. Interesting. And he made a big career out of this, you can see. Eventually got banned from Russia, but that's a whole other story. When he wasn't visiting former Soviet republics, he'd be in somewhere like Moldova. I suppose this is a former Soviet republic. But one of the best parts here that's very famous is this. So this is the capital of Moldova, where he's filming... This is a, an underpass where you walk under the road, so you go on the steps. What's left of them? Yeah. Because they're mostly gone. And this video blew up. Of course, 11 million views of your country, your capital city looking like this. It's pretty bad. And there's a funny story about this specific clip because it turns out the Moldovan authorities saw this video and now these stairs are fixed because they were too embarrassed yes. about the state of the place. You embarrass your governments. Make them fix things. So when he's not doing that, he usually goes to places and visits people whose lives probably couldn't get any worse, such as uh, this chap. He's uh, resettling... Presently from Birmingham or something. <laughs> <laughs> so this guy, you know, his wife's dead, and he's uh, settling in Chernobyl because he's so old, it literally doesn't matter anymore if he gets radiation poisoning. Yeah. He'll be dead before he gets there.
2: And... Um... That's quite a smart hack, actually, isn't it?
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Sa- <laughs> so save what, save on your know... retirement bill with this simple cheat. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Settle in Chernobyl Cancer won't get you Before you just die anyway But anyway So that's his That's his shtick Right And uh, we're not here To discuss the man We're here to discuss What he does And what he did recently Because you know Like I said He visits people Whose lives Couldn't get any worse Well he went to England uh. To <laughs> Back to the motherland Because he resettled in My understanding is He now Permanently lives In the Czech Republic Oh yeah Prague or something And he makes a Decent amount of money I mean 4 million subs He's going to Hmm and so he's come back to the motherland. And this video blew up massively over the weekend because he starts it with when he left, Tony Blair had just come to power and things could only get better. Uh, and now he's come back to see what's happened to the place. And, oh, God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like someone's been in a coma for 20 years. <laughs> and, um, yeah, it's, it's, not, it's not going well. And I suppose we'll, we'll take a look because um, this blew up amongst the political right. Drutka has a good thread which I'm going to go through of clips of just what's happened. Uh, I'll get your chap's response because you guys haven't seen these. So, let's see. We'll start off with the main one here in Birmingham.
3: Road. It's, um... How to put it delicately? It doesn't feel very British. Let's put it that way. I mean, you've got your music playing in, in the back I don't know, maybe some... Hello, it? Right, got it. You've got some Indian music playing here. You've got Bank of India over there, Bank of Baroda. You've got Ganesh, bloody Sri Ganesh exclusives.
0: One struggle, enough is enough. Well, I agree, it's yeah. one struggle.
2: This is like when you go and see your great aunt Edna and she sees your kids and she only ever sees them at three year intervals. So from her perspective, they just like grow up really, really quickly. Yeah. It's like that is that when you see the decay after a bit of a, bit of a gap
0: yeah something has happened well this Um, this is colonization so i mean this one here this is a a surrender bin and then interviews this woman and she's a prostitute so what's
2: a surrender bin
0: you surrender your knives
2: oh not just random french objects
0: it's no right but you're forgiven for that because we they aren't in the countryside are they
2: winchester doesn't have surrender bins so (laughs) i wasn't aware of them
0: but this one here this is in birmingham and as you can see this woman here has got a black eye um he's chatting to her and then it turns out she's a prostitute and offers him sex and he's like no, no just have some money you'll it, be fine Let's listen to that I guess and uh, God, look at the art oh, in the background oh, yeah. oh beautiful
4: oh I can imagine <laughs> you don't do business do you? eh? Hey? business?
3: Do I want business? nah but I'll give you a tenner to oh. go and do whatever you want to do with it but man. no thank business you. today what food. do you mean business? what's that even mean? jiggy jiggy oh Puffer. jiggy jiggy nah no, I'm okay Puffer. for jiggy
0: jiggy today but oh. thank you for the offer what do you say I suppose yeah then he moves on uh, gets to Birmingham this is the arrival here before we go forward I will recommend you guys go and watch the full video because it is something else but these are just highlights where he turns up in Birmingham and instantly just finds piles of trash
3: (laughs) original Smirnoff just like India they've got good taste anyway but I don't know where this hotel is I think it's in this building behind us the fuck where are we mate any hotels around here?
4: Huh?
3: Any hotels around <coughs> here? I don't
4: understand what you mean.
3: Are there any hotels around here? I don't
4: know. New.
3: I'm new. Where are you from? He's new. Doesn't speak English. Okay, now. <laughs> Welcome to Birmingham. <laughs> Jesus Christ! What a place. He's new here. He doesn't know if there's any hotels around here. Ben, you booked it. Where's the hotel? I'm trying to find
0: it hard to believe he doesn't know what the hotel is, to be fair. What kind of new person is he?
2: Because I remember going to places before we had Google Maps, and the way you found them was just by asking a local when they told you.
1: It's lo- it was presumed that locals would live in the place where you found them.
0: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Which is obviously not the case now. That's a hell of an assumption to make. Isn't it they? apparently is in Birmingham. Well, they do, f- <laughs> they do find the hotel in Birmingham. Um... And because Bold is a man of the world, of course, he's traveled all over the place, knows various languages.
3: Salam alaikum, sir. Hello. Kia hal here. How are you? Very good. Right. How are you, oh, it's so so nice to, to see you here. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotcha. Good, good. Got everything here? Yes, everything you will get. Nice. And you will find a nice view at the back as well. Can I have a look? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh. It's all yours. Thank you. Oh, he said there's a lovely view at the back of the hotel. Well, this is the view at the back of the hotel that Ben's booked us into. He said a lovely view. And look, it's a view of um, a rubbish dump and some squalid houses. Crikey.
2: I want to move to where those steps were broken. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> I don't know if you have much to say. I don't want to speak well, going, but what is there to say? I, I think to keep in mind, of course, in my mind, as I was remembering that step story, and thinking, God, there's a lot to fix if the government were going to be embarrassed about this. yeah, A bit more than just the steps. Next one, in the same hotel, that Pakistani-run place there, with a lovely view. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, he's getting back into the hotel because they've realized, um, screw this place, we're leaving. So they're just going to go get their bags. And uh, over here, he's, he's checking in. What? A blabber? A blabber? A blabber. What's a blabber? That's a, blabber.
3: <laughs>
0: a, vla- a vlogger. Yeah. How many of you are in here?
3: Hello, everybody. Why are you all living in this one room? Oh, my God. You're going to be famous now on YouTube. How are you? Where are you from? Locals?
4: Um, Leeds.
3: Leeds? What are you doing down
4: here? You know how (laughs) it (laughs)
3: goes. Fair enough. Oh,
2: my God. Yeah. Yeah, you know. I, I, I know you're waiting for us to speak. but I've <laughs> got <this>. nothing <laughs> to say. It's <laughs> this, this deep, hollow gnawing at my soul, which is just zapping the, zapping the words from me.
1: All, all I can think of is this 5th century Roman Christian who wrote a series of letters complaining about the Romans when the vandals took over. And he's like, the vandals had taken over and outlawed prostitution and gotten drunkards off the streets and fixed this place up. Why is it that it took the vandals to do it? And this is like the opposite of that. So all I'm thinking is, okay, so what we need is a rampaging Germanic tribe to come in and enforce virtue.
0: I'll call up my friends. Well,
2: I mean, we almost had one of those a few years back, but we yeah. spent the empire to stop
0: it. The next one here is just him showing off. Um, this is a popular thing in Birmingham, which is to just leave piles of trash, like random bits everywhere. Yeah. Uh, we'll get back to that a bit. Uh, he also didn't just stay in Birmingham. You can see this is Plymouth, in which this beautiful building was built in, I think, 1852 or something, that, that one yeah. behind him. And now it's just, you know, filled with homeless people and is abandoned and is common as well. Just goes on and on. He keeps finding loads of abandoned buildings.
2: Things when you're living through history, it's not obvious that it's happening to you. There would have been a time when a, when a Roman man would have walked past the Colosseum when it had been recently closed and was never to reopen. Yeah. And we would have thought, okay, well, you know, we, we're going through a rough patch <laughs> at the moment and presumably it will come back in a few years. Yeah. And it never did.
1: I mean, we've got buildings like this all we'll over Swindon as well yeah like literally when we walk into town to get lunch or whatever you go past some buildings that are actually if you look up they're actually they were once quite nice but they've been derelict for at least a decade now and so why are they derelict like why can't something be done with this
0: i'm just going to show people this one real quick because it's another great example
3: great western hotel a beautiful old building built probably in victorian times look at it we used to build things like this magnificent buildings and look at the squalor and what it's been reduced to. Look, it's even got up here a mosaic. The Spanish Armada leaving Spain to come be defeated by the British. Look at it.
1: It wasn't the British, the English, the Spanish the Armada would <laughs> defeated by.
2: And there was me thinking that my latest segment on white genocide was going to be the most depressing <laughs> of the bunch. But actually, it looks like sweet relief at this point. Go, go
1: back to the beginning of this one. because so you can see the uh, signage on the building right where it says hope in the background. It's like, yeah, okay, well, there we go. So we've got the sort of pathetic left-wing ideal. Here's hope. This is what we support. It's like, okay, but also you support the total degradation of our
0: civilization. But I don't support hope. I support lashing people until this is fixed. I have something specific to say about this as well, because as someone who's been to Russia a fair bit, I noticed his, the, the way he's showing this off, it's actually very similar to the way he shows off the stuff in Russia. Mm-hmm. Now, in Russian history, of course, is can basically condensed into the imperial era, we have all the beautiful buildings, and then hell, and then Russia got independence again and yeah. came back as the Russian Federation. And so there's a lot of appreciation in architectural sense for the beautiful era of stuff in the 1800s yeah. and whatnot. And they redo them. They would do up the facades. The inside might be a bit crap, but the building still works and the facade still looks nice. Even if they can't afford to redo the whole thing, they'll do that because it means we start have the building operating. Mm-hmm. And all of them have mosaics and stuff. I mean, even the good Soviet stuff has mosaics. When was the last time a big British building in that style was built with the mosaic? Yeah, I just can't think about it. Like even the even the skill of doing that,
1: it's probably I just, gone. I, I just hate the what, what's built now is a giant glass and steel building to house migrants. So.
2: And, and I'm just looking at it thinking how fantastic would it be to have visited that in its heyday?
1: Oh yeah, I bet it's gorgeous.
2: 100 years ago. And if you could visit it in its hey- way, heyday and say to the people there, Five I'll years. show you what the future in 100 years look like. Yeah. You'd be
0: shocked. It goes on. I mean, this German woman's quite nice. She turns up and is, he's asking her why are you in Plymouth? And she says, I don't know, I'm leaving. You, <laughs> can't, you can't get a doctor, you can't get a dentist, you can't afford a flat anymore. Yeah. So I'm going back to Germany because the country is done. So that's a local German woman's opinion. Yeah. It then interviews the homeless about what it's like to be homeless. Pretty usual stuff. It's like, no, it's bad. Big surprise being homeless there. And then goes to Western Supermare. All of the locals say that it's terrible and they don't want to be there, but they've got no choice. So there's that. And then he goes to a place called Horden. And in Horden, this is a place up north, which is the more traditional collapsing part of the country. Yeah, That we're sort of a bit more comfortable with because that's been a case for a longer time. But now, obviously, the South is joining in that uh, pursuit of collapsing. And he sees here, I mean, the streets aren't filthy like Birmingham for some reason. Even though there's massive poverty in Horden. People speak English in Horden. Yeah, they're not engaging in the kind of self-destruction that the people of Birmingham are engaging in. Even if they're richer than the people of Horden for some reason.
2: Yeah, maybe it's, maybe it's not primarily poverty, but some other factor. Yeah, this
1: is not socioeconomic conditions.
0: Who knows? Who knows? I'm sure sociologists will be working hard. I mean, you can see I'll get anything you can see the buildings. I mean, about one in 10 is occupied. And nine of the houses will just be empty with windows broken or boarded up because well, no one lives there. It used to be a mine, and then the mine closed down. Yeah. And then for decades, it has been a nothing. So there's that. Quite a lot of crime. Like he gets approached by someone trying to sell him stolen headphones <laughs> just in his brief visit. But the best part is this bit, the Potemkin village stuff. So he turns up and he notices a lot of the houses Have fake windows and doors.
3: Number sixty-six, and here's abandoned too. And I thought actually it was some blinds in a window, but it's not. It's a picture of blinds in a window. And look at this. It's not a real door. It's a picture of a door. I suppose the council want to kind of make the place look a bit better and more up here. Look up here. This is so freaky. The council, I suppose, to make the place look better, have put these fake windows and fake doors on the buildings so it doesn't look totally kind of derelict and abandoned.
0: Look at this. You those curtains? Yeah. Nice curtains.
2: They're just painting over the decay so we don't notice. Yeah.
1: But again, they do that in the town centres. Yeah, the town says, Oh, the shop's closed down, right? Paint a vibrant shop, put a wallpaper of vibrant shop over
2: it. So, oh, yeah. why would you do that? Yeah, actually, yeah, in Swindon Town, there's, there's loads of it. It's there?
1: not just in Swindon, it's everywhere. They've been doing it for well, yeah. years. I remember first encountering it in 2016 and doing a video on it, being like, What the hell is this? Yeah. But they, this is just normal practice.
0: So, I mean, as I mentioned, you should go and check out the poor video because it's certainly something to see someone whose main bread and butter is seeing the ruins of the Soviet Empire and instead is looking at the British. And you would have thought, I mean, the British Empire ended a lot longer than the Soviet Empire. So if it was the end of the empire that made this place ruins, it probably should have happened
1: decades and decades ago. Yeah, but the place wasn't ruined 20 years ago.
0: (laughs) No, for some reason. it's very much the the
1: consequence of Tony Blair's policies.
0: But I I love that, because for the Soviet towns and cities that have these problems, it's because the entire empire collapsed. And they were communists. Complete dismantled, and Yeah. yeah, the eras of communism finally coming to an end. But for the UK, literally just 20 years of... Um, Communism. Yes, seems to be the case. And you, you mentioned, obviously, the beautiful part. <laughs> well, not beautiful, but horrific. Is the, the gay race communist propaganda. Yeah. Covering up much of, well, I spent trying to cover up the crap here. Well, I mean, this is, these are the primary values of the people who made this happen. All these Indians holding hands. And then
1: the, the fists a little bit further on. It's right. like, great, so the, the, the values of gay race communism have caused England to decay and collapse. Like but, but it's not even just
2: otherwise. that we're painting gay race communism in this country. The reason we can't afford to do any of this stuff up is because we're going over to Afghanistan so that we can paint a George Floyd mural yeah. in the centre of Kabul.
1: But it's not just that, it's redistribution.
0: am it I look, look yeah here, though? There's some Indian lady with a megaphone. Yeah, protesting
1: about human rights. Probably. Yeah. Oh, good, striking. That'll make us richer.
0: So it, it's revealing, to say the least, that that's the way of dealing with it is to literally Potemkin village style put up, you know, CCP propaganda posters that are just like, everything's great. Yeah. Or to put up literally fake doors. So there we are. Um, the trash in Birmingham, I just want to mention because his friend, Ben, who comes with him. Uh, Got the know. state of this. Uh, it is indeed. He's walking down one of the main streets and also the side streets. So Birmingham, so for some reason, as I mentioned, it's uh, not the place, case that in Horden it's this bad. But in Birmingham, on a similar or, or even fewer levels of poverty. Yeah. There is just trash everywhere. But so I, I, really... I can Indian see... I... street shops,
1: rubbish all over the streets. Is there any correlation?
2: But a big part of this as well is that the local councils, they all have targets to reduce the uh, trash produced. Oh, really? So they make it really difficult to get into the tips and you need to have an appointment and you need to sign up and you need to turn up within a time slot. And they just make it so difficult, people just go, all oh, right, well, I'm just going to fly dump them
0: some reason trash collection for the people running Birmingham is not something that enters their mind. Something that enters the mind of the councillors of Horden who are presiding over a complete dump. But in Birmingham, less so. I mean, he goes on here just to walk down like several main streets and it's just, it's just awful. The only place I've ever seen this done to this level is when I was in Kosovo. And that's because it's not a real country. Yeah. Like, it's, it's a struggling nation for even recognition. Birmingham is in the same place as that. There we are.
2: So, so, I mean, I've traveled around you know, Asia and India, and it's, it's not that bad there. No. It doesn't look like that there. I mean, there is some littering in the street, especially the poor areas of India, but it's, but it's nowhere near as bad as that.
0: But the whole purpose of uh, Bold's video here was to show England away from London. So he literally says the uh, Roman city of Londinium. What's life like away from there? Yeah. And we can see, I mean, I mentioned before, this is data people. <clears throat> Which is if you look at the richest and poorest places in Western Europe, for example, there's a list here. Um, the richest is London, but then the poorest places, nine out of ten of them, are in the United Kingdom for all of Western Europe. Right. The disparity is yeah bad, but it's not just that there's a disparity. It's the, why is why are these places so much worse off than everywhere else in Europe? They presumably would have the same problems? There we are. And this is long running. I did see some people blame Brexit for Bolt's video. It's like. No, no, this is the problem before Brexit. Mate. This yep. graph was made before Brexit, so was this one, which is back when we were in the EU. And as you can see, some regions, when you take into the cost of living, actually can afford as much as a rural Polish peasant. Yeah, and that's how bad those places are off compared to the well, very high rich area of London there and some of the south. But now the south is on that list, as we've seen with Bolt video, because this was 2014, I believe that graph was made. So, what is that? What are we on for now? Ten years later? Yeah. Well, the South seems to be joining the North and being shoyt. There we are. Um, That's Bold's video. It's revealing, if nothing else. I expected more of a sentence out of the pair of you, but quite frankly, I think you're both in shock. Yes. I'm not even in shock, man. All I'm I'm
1: thinking is, one day in the future, when I'm on trial, I'll say that this video
0: radicalized me. (laughs) (laughs) He radicalized you, Bold and Bankrupt. What? Yeah. Yeah. What did he do? He filmed the street. Well, for the sake of time, I'll end that
4: there. Let's uh, just
0: move on. I can't take (sighs) it.
4: So,
1: while England is falling into rack and ruin because of the continuous and deliberate policies of the Labour and then the Conservative governments for the past 25 years, um, there has been a scandal around racism. You can't afford to eat can't afford to live in a house. The, the world is literally degrading around you. <laughs> and the most diverse government in the history of this country under an Indian prime minister having a racism scandal. And I'm just so over it. I'm so done. I don't care. I'm sick of it, right? I yeah. mean, as you, this, this happened last week. So as you can see, there's just an image of the MPs debating UK border security and the MPs debating Israel's border security. Gaza's border security. Um,
0: and so they decided, right, we're going we're gonna to have a debate on Gaza. Oh, good. Thank God. The most important thing. I, Finally. Not a single person goes a day without dreaming of Gaza.
1: Well, there are there is a constituency. who do actually thank think God, that. God, yeah, that. But they're sense. not English, and I don't care. But the, the point is they thought they'd have a debate on a Gaza ceasefire. Now, I think that's a hilarious thing to debate. You may as well debate about turning off the sun. Uh, it's not your choice. You don't have control over this. Yeah. I don't know what the hell. Oh, no, it's a moral statement. Okay, go make your moral statements. You make them all day, every day. Like changes nothing, but okay, at least it reveals a few things. So basically what this is, the SNP are trying to get a debate on the Gaza ceasefire, and then Labour and the Tories are like, oh, we're going to start amending things, and it erupts into chaos. The purpose is for the SNP to drive a wedge between the Muslim vote and Labour. The Muslim vote, which is almost entirely homogenous and flips like the wind, apparently. Uh, 95% of Muslims are like, well, I'm not supporting Labour because they support Israel. And so and 90% of Muslims vote for Labour. So it's like, right.
0: In group solidarity, but no other group has.
1: You, uh, Yeah, you literally have never seen something like this before. Um, anyway, so Keir Starmer was accused of threatening Lindsay Hoyle, the Speaker of the House. Lindsay Hoyle used to be Labour, by the way. So, you know, interesting. But uh, of course... Uh, Starmer says, quote, I I can categorically tell you that I did not threaten the speaker in any way whatsoever. I simply urge to ensure we have the broadest possible debate. So that actually the most important thing, which is what we do in the situation in Gaza, could be properly discussed by by MPs with a number of options in front of them. Hmm. So something happened in a back room. Starmer has said something like, and I'm just guessing, we don't have a transcript or anything, but he's going to say, look, if you don't allow this, People will die here, not in Gaza. And Hoyle obviously got quite scared and basically decided to break all sort of convention
2: over this. Was this they held a secret vote or something? They didn't hold a secret vote, but there was
1: uh, a period of time between the debates where Hoyle was essentially browbeaten by a bunch of Labour MPs in a back room. uh, And that's why they think that he did this. Right. So, <clears throat> according to The Guardian, there were rumors on early Wednesday that Labour were, were leaning on the Speaker, Lindsey Hoyle, to break with convention and allow both the Labour and Tory amendments to be debated to save face for Keir Starmer, to head off mass rebellion, and probably other reasons. Oh, right. But again, this is all implied. Other reasons. Yes. And you'll see why other this is implied reason. in a second. Right. Again, it really isn't just going to be about saving face for Keir Starmer or to head off a Labour rebellion. Right, this right, one,
2: because the SNP put forward this vote, which would have it put, was a debate. Oh, okay, they wanted a debate, and, and then a resolution. I see.
1: Um, Hoyle had appeared, appeared at the prime, prime minister's question times, but the moment he ended, it was it ended. He was out of the door, hotly pursued by Starmer's team. Clearly, the Speaker had yet to make up his mind on how to proceed. To go with convention and drop the Labour amendment or plead special circumstances and let the whole House vote on both amendments as well as the SNP motion. Finally, Hoyle returned to the Chamber. He had made a decision. He would allow both the Labour and government amendments. The Tory and SNP benches went wild with outrage. Cue total chaos in the Parliament. Right. So, okay. So Hoyle then comes out afterwards and apologises. And again, Just the nature of the apology reveals that this is not simply about the partisan politics of Labour versus Conservatives
5: versus SNP. I will reiterate, I made a judgment call that didn't end up in the position where I expected it to. I regret it. I apologise to the SNP. Just just bear with me, for. I apologise and I apologise to the House. I made a mistake. We do make mistakes. I am up to mine. I would say that we can have an so 24 to get an immediate debate because the debate is so important to this House. I will defend every member in this House. Every member matters to me in this House. And it has been said, both sides, I never ever want to go through a situation where I pick up a phone to find a friend of whatever side has been murdered by terrorists.
1: Yeah. Right. Oh, there we go, then. Because, I mean, you know, why would terrorists murder one of the MPs over, oh, I don't know, parliamentary procedure or something like
0: that? Well, what, what sort of we're... terrorists?
2: Are these right-wing radicals?
1: Well, or... at the same time, there was a massive Islamic mob outside the oh, parliament projecting uh, from the river to the sea, uh, Palestine will be free on Big Ben and right. uh, assaulting Martin Dordney, assaulting um, uh, Mayartusi and chanting and sending death threats to people. Right? That's why Lindsay Hoyle is effing terrified. That's why he thinks, and that's why he comes out and says, look, I don't actually want
0: any you to be murdered. It's an interesting statement, isn't it? This, in, this debate is important to this house. Why? Not because we might get killed. Yeah, not because of party politics, not because we can affect change, as you say, you might as well be, be, be turning off the sun, yeah. but because the guys outside will kill us. Yeah. So we will literally do whatever the people who say they can <coughs> kill us want. That's how British politics works, yeah. according to the Speaker of the Parliament.
1: And this, yeah. And, and so it's not unreasonable at all to say they're being held hostage by this. And just to be clear, it's really not an unreasonable concern uh, because you may remember, of course, David Arnes, who was literally murdered by an Islamic terrorist, and Mike Freer, who retired earlier, in fact, just at the end of January, very recently because of death threats from the Muslims Against Crusades, group, I think it was who sent those threats. And so there were people like this. This is a GB News producer who got a text from an MP. Uh, Some of us are really scared to leave, says the MP. One of my female colleagues was surrounded by nasty protesters in Westminster Hall earlier in film. She is in tears when she comes back to the tea room, just saying it is intolerable. I believe that they're afraid.
2: Well, I, and, and, and I think the nine-year-old girl who uh, suffered at the hands of the grooming gangs was also sure, terrified. Sure. I agree. What and, a shame it's happening to MPs now. Well, <laughs> that is what I said.
0: <laughs> and, yeah. but, I, I, oh. but everyone saw, right? I'm sure you guys did. Yeah. The vast, vast majority of the public have zero sympathy. Yeah. The, there's no, oh, that's terrible. It's, no, good. No. It's not Frankly, that it's good, good, obviously. No, but good. But, you live in the same world we do. Yeah. Finally, the problem that the British public has been dealing
1: with for the past 25 years has finally reached the parliament. The, the people who have made our lives a lot more difficult are now realizing we can do, just do that to the MPs too.
0: Right. Like I reckon they're going to tweet in a couple of months just like, man, groceries are expensive. <laughs> like,
1: possibly. But as I said, diversity is our strength. MPs, without immigration, the NHS will not survive. We have a duty to take refugees. Stop being racist. Kind regards the British public. Uh, And so then Sweller Brazen decided to come out and be like, hang on a second, maybe Islamic terrorists
4: shouldn't be allowed to hold the parliament hostage? I mean, this went down like a lead balloon with all of
1: the politically correct Blairites. You can Imagine what their response was. I mean,
2: I'm and, and by not, the way, the politically correct Blairites in the Conservative Party,
1: yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, half of the Conservative Party are Blairites, the entire Labour Party, the, you know, the SNP, the Lib Dems, yeah, the Greens, you know, they all sign on to the Blair consensus,
2: except right? with the Tories, they call themselves modernizers, but the same thing, they are Blairites. They're all Blairites. i
1: we'll uh, stop
0: for a minute just to assess the fact of her claim, which is, yeah, mob outside. MPs saying they're getting death threats, so that's why they're doing what the mob wants.
1: MPs literally afraid of their lives. Lindsay Hoyle comes in and goes, look, I just don't want any of you murdered.
0: The mob are Islamists. Previous so Suella,
1: MPs have been
0: stabbed. So Suella Braveman says, Islamists are bullying Britain in submission. An accurate description of a series of events that just happened.
1: Yeah. Now, one interesting thing about this is that nobody seems to have actually read her article. Right? So I'm just going to read a couple of quotes from it, and we'll see if we think they're true. She says, the truth is that the Islamists, the extremists, and the anti-Semites are in charge now. They have bullied the Labour Party. They have bullied our institutions. Now they are bullying our country into submission. But what is our response? Our leaders bury their heads in the sand, preferring the illusion of a successful multicultural society and terrified of being called racist. And <laughs> what do you think the response to this was? I may have been sacked because I spoke down against the appeasement of Islamists, but I would do it again because we need to wake up to what we are sleepwalking into. A ghettoized society where free expression and British values are diluted, where Sharia law, the Islamist mob, and anti Semites take over communities. We need to overcome the fear of being labeled Islamophobic and speak truthfully. Enough of the hand wringing and apologies. Turning a blind eye to fanatics has got us into this terrible situation. It needs to stop.
2: Yeah. I did a economics with Robert Spencer, who, who talked about Islam quite a lot. And I asked him this question why are we surrendering all the time to Islam? And he said it's because your politicians are literally scared and they don't know what to do.
0: Yeah. Which is as we've covered, there's, literally the case. There's a word in there that perked my interest. The phrase sleepwalking. Yeah. The only people who have been asleep to this... Are the politicians themselves. Yeah. But specifically the Conservative Party ones. You're the only ones. Yeah. Every other politician wants this to happen, and then every member of the public knows this is going on and hates it. The only people asleep are you. Yeah.
1: The, yeah. the rump of the Conservative Party that are not Blairites are the ones that have been asleep to this. Uh, the Blairites, of course, are all completely in favor of this regime and agenda because they have imported it and counted out to it for the last 25 years. And so this caused some a bit of a stir. But the problem that the people who hate Sweller Braveman have, is as you can see from her profile picture, she's a brown woman. And they can't just go, oh, I see you hate brown people then. However, Lee Anderson is not a Brown. and yeah. so when he went on GB News, and we'll watch just the the thirty second clip, and he he responds. I, I, to I this. heard the
2: comments here, I heard the comments earlier. He was making about Suella some of the comments she made earlier this week, and I don't actually believe that these Islamists have got control of our country. But what I do believe is they've got control of Khan and they've got control of London. And again, this stems with Khan. He's, he's 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 actually given our given our capital city away to his mates. We've got to beware, because if you let Labour through the back door, expect more of this, and expect our cities to be taken over by these lunatics.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, that also happened
2: under the Conservatives. So he, so he basically just went and said a slightly more moderate version of what Suella said.
1: Yeah, it was more moderate and it was more refined. It's like not the entire country. It's actually specific capital. Person. Yeah, with a person who, as we will see in a minute, really does have a long history of being mates with crazy Islamists. Uh, it seems that there's not a jihadi Sadiq Khan hasn't defended at some point, Mm. Um, and feel free to sue me over that, Sadiq, if you think that I'm not correct. Um, And so, okay, that's um, Lee Anderson's opinion, and the fact that, I mean, we've seen this at Speaker's Corner for years now, the fact that massive mobs of Muslims can go there, stab Christians, harass Christians, pray in public when you're not supposed to be allowed to pray, there, but they can just, and the police just go, well, nothing we can do, Uh, this is just the way it is, whereas they can arrest literally everyone else. And so what, you, what Lee is saying is it does seem that Sadiq Khan has definitely made it clear that it is acceptable to allow one group to do something that the other group is not allowed to do. And we are seeing the results of that all day, every day. But of course, Lee Anderson is a white man, a native British person with a Northern accent. And therefore, he becomes the target. God, he's so much easier to attack than Sweller Braven, Sweller Braveman, former member of the cabinet, brown woman yep. who, is all, who is saying exactly the same thing, tonally. Leanderson is just actually finessing
0: that bit, saying, well, yep. you know, this is... A, a the guy s- in charge of law enforcement in London... Might actually be the one who's responsible for this. Yeah. Because the law enforcement enforced the law brutally when it's against natives, yeah. but when it's against Islamists, yeah. they're ah. very kid gloves,
1: Total hands-off. Uh, and is the, the guy who's defended every... I mean, literally a 9-11 jihadi, Sadiq Khan's firm no. defended... It's just like, okay, is this a weird coincidence? Uh, And when pressed on this, a conservative source said, well, Lee was simply making the point that the mayor, in his capacity as the Police and Crime Commissioner for London, has abjectly failed to get a grip on the appalling Islamist marches that we've seen in London recently. Obviously true. And one might suggest that it's because of an ideological slash religious
2: sympathy that he has with these people. You hate this game. It's, it's like we, we try and qualify these things and sort of row back on them. No, it's just obviously true what you said at the beginning. Yeah.
1: It's obviously true what Sweller's saying. It's obviously true what Lee Anderson's saying. And that's why these people have to be punished. So anyway, let's take a break from British politics and sail across the Atlantic to Liz Truss at CPAC. Because concurrently, while this was going on... It looks like a fake image.
4: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: it does. It's not. Um, Liz Truss was giving a speech at CPAC. Now, Liz Truss is not the world's greatest speaker. And I actually find myself rather kind of liking Liz Truss, but I'm not happy. It has to be her that the message comes from necessarily because she just isn't the world's greatest orator. Um, But you can see like, there are left-wing blogs who are just like, my God, this is what she said, and I'm going to read some of it. She says, in Britain, we only have 100 political appointees. None of them run government departments. Every government department, every agency is a permanent civil servant. What I discovered when she became prime minister is that I was not holding the levers of power. The levers were held by the Bank of England, the Office of Budget Responsibility. They weren't held by the prime minister or the chancellor. If the Bank of England governor can't be sacked and the prime minister can be sacked, then the Bank of England will have more power than the PM. That is a problem with democracy. These are all true statements as far as I can tell. Yeah. Right? Uh, we need a cadre of people who are prepared to serve. We need the conservatives who are prepared to fight. We need the grassroots people who will back real conservatives, and we put real pressure on conservative MPs to be conservative. We've got a massive problem with immigration in Britain, that we cannot deport immigrants because the left is fighting us in the courts. So we need conservatives who are prepared to overturn this. This is just literally what we've been saying, word for word, on this podcast for the last three years, FYI.
2: Well, I mean, the only thing I'd quibble on is we don't need the Conservatives. Conservatives are going to stop you from doing all of those things. Sure, but she's identifying her own party as yeah.
0: well. We're not the only guys either. Like anyone with eyes, sure, has seen that this yeah. is the case.
1: Sure, I'm not saying that she's been watching us. What I'm saying is, you know, at least all of the the people on the right harmonising, going, "Oh, that is the problem," right? Everyone can see the same problem, right? Uh, she says there's going to be a by-election in the next few weeks in Rochdale that could uh, see an Islamic party, a radical Islamic party. When the by-election, a majority of, a vast majority of Britons don't want to happen, they want to be a country that is, they don't want to be a country that's subject to Islamic terrorism, a country that backs Hamas. Uh, we have to reflect the people of Britain's views. that's why we need to take on the extreme leftist. And she seems to have uh, no particular problem with uh, a certain Moad Islamic um, party by which I mean uh, Romy Tomlinson, uh, which, as you can see, they' like, oh my God, Steve Bannon described Tommy Robinson as a hero, and she just said nothing about it. It's like you good that's interesting yeah, he's a folk hero yeah exactly so that's another massive scandal that's happening at the upper echelons of the Conservative Party because of course Lee Anderson was always the deputy chair of the Conservative Prime Minister uh, of the Conservative Party yeah. and of course Liz Truss famously the world's short Lee Anderson serving. was fired for what he said and- well well he, yeah we'll get, to, we'll get to that so uh, anyway so back in Parliament all of this chaos is going on and everyone's pressuring Sinek well hang on a second You're you're not allowed to have a guy who says things that people think are true, are you? Uh, And so Labour Chair Annalise Dodds said Lee Anderson's comments were unambiguously racist and Islamophobic. Lots and lots of Labour MPs like Dawn Butler sent very official-sounding letters to the Prime Minister going, excuse me, Mr. Evil Conservative, I hate you, I hate everything you stand for, I hate Britain, I think this country should be destroyed. And if you don't fire Lee Anderson, I'm going to call you names signed, your mortal enemy, Dawn Butler, right? All of it, like loads of them. And it's like, look, why, why would the Conservatives listen to any of this? But the problem is, of course, the call is coming from within the House. Uh, Lord Gavin Barwell, a Tory peer and former chief of staff, Theresa May, said that Anderson's comments were a despicable slur on Sadiq Khan, right? So he's just jumped, no,
0: you can't smear said he can't. Why? I love the opposition. I love I love my enemies. They're the best. Exactly. Why are you doing this? Imagine, imagine Donald Trump coming out and being like, Well, you don't criticize Biden.
1: Yeah, I know. It's, it's mad. Rory Stewart, a former Tory minister, you remember Rory the Tory sits down with the communists and go, Yeah, I'm a proper Tory. That's why I'm here talking to you and having a
0: great time. Opium
1: man. Yeah. Uh, he says, the idea that London is in the grip of Islamists is deluded and it's awful. An obsession that thrives among a bizarre and dangerous coalition. No Conservative MP should ever be spouting this stuff.
2: I mean, it's oh. literally the case if you walked out of the House of Commons, you would get beaten up by them.
1: Yeah. It's not safe for Rory to walk the streets because he was a Conservative MP. But, you know, anyway, whatever, right? You're not allowed to say this thing, these things. That's the point. You're not supposed to be saying these things. So, uh, like, I mean, this is just John Ashworth, uh, uh, Labour MP for Leicester South, being like, dangerous conspiracy theories, vile Islamophobia. It's like, wow, this is a fantastic advert.
0: Leicester East is full of slaves.
1: <laughs> yes, that's... No. Well, this is for Leicester South. <laughs> oh. So, so you yeah, know, that's... Different. that's uh, What's her face? Um, the lady. I forget her. Yeah, I can't remember her name. No, but th- this is the guy for Leicester South. And because he's no totally different, you can tell that this place hasn't been diversified yet. Um, but he's like, dangerous conspiracy theories, vile Islamophobia. My letter to Rishi Sunak con- <laughs> congratulating him on a brilliant party. No, uh, he's demanding he withdraws the whip from Truss and Anderson, of course,
0: right? But it's just back to your first point in this whole thing. The whole country's collapsing. Yeah. The constituency next to you, one in eight people is a slave. Yeah. And you're like, but the racism into millions. Yeah. Racism
1: against Sadiq Khan, what, the mayor of London? The most powerful man in the south of England? Why do I care about that? But anyway, and so okay, fine, Labour MP's gonna do it, but of course you've got James Cleverly go, I reject the claim. It's like, well, why is Lindsay Hoyle about to piss his pants in the parliament? Why does he come out and literally be like, look, I don't want any of you to
0: die? This is why you people are all sleepwalking. Yeah.
2: You know what they're doing is they're painting over the door to make it look like it's all right.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: So anyway, Sadiq Khan comes out, and um, when you take his statements out of context, they sound well like he's endorsing all of this. Uh, he said, these comments are from a senior conservative are Islamophobic and anti-Muslim and are racist. I'm afraid that the deafening silence from Rishi Sunak and from the cabinet is them condoning this racism in an alternate world. I'm afraid it confirms to many people across the country that there's a hierarchy when it comes to racism.
0: The Hindus are at the top.
1: <laughs> <laughs> the message it sends is Muslims are fair game when it comes to racism and anti-Muslim
0: hatred. Yeah, you are untouchable, so... To be, honest, I don't know why. I mean, if you've got the most Hindu government ever, I mean, why not just play into it? Yeah, I know, I know. What would Modi do? <laughs> um,
1: <yeah>. citizenship gone. <laughs> so anyway, the Anderson was of course suspended. Why not Sweller? Do. Why not Sweller? Wow. What I mean The Anderson
4: is a white man. Yeah. Sweller is not. So who's in the bottom of that hierarchy?
0: hierarchy of racism, who's acceptable
1: yeah. to uh, quite. Yeah. Great question. Who is at the bottom of the hierarchy of racism? Well, Leanderson Anderson literally tonally didn't say anything particularly different to Sweller. In fact, I think Sweller's statement is worse than Lee Anderson's because Lee Anderson's at least naming an individual who has a history of being on this side of the argument as, as accused. Um, and Sadiq Khan gets
0: people killed. So... Does he get people killed? Well, I mean, with I suppose policy. he does, actually. Yeah, no, that's, that's totally but you've fair. You've got a yeah. Muslim woman, she gets, sorry, a Hindu woman who gets away with this. You've got the Muslim man who's actually causing this whole situation and death threats by his actions. And then you've got the white guy who's just like, this is a bit bad. The yeah. white guy is the guy who gets punished.
2: Yeah. The thing is, this is how political debate moves. So, so people make interventions and it shifts the Overton window slightly and people start talking about it. Yeah. What the Conservatives have just done is they've shut down anyone from talking about this again because they know they'll lose their job at the next election when they're deselected as a Tory MP. No, nope, they've shut down white men from talking about it. Well, yes, that's true. But, I, I, I mean, are they aggressively pursuing a policy of zero seats at the next election? <laughs> do, do they know something? I guess that they we, are. But, but is, it, is it possible that they're in that much of a bubble but they just don't know what they're doing? Or are, are they really trying to get to zero seats for some reason?
1: I think that the moral framework that Blair imposed on this country is to them something unbreakable. I think they yeah. don't understand how they're supposed to push back against it. Uh, but Callum, just to, just to clarify your point, Sadiq Khan did run on a platform of stopping, uh, ending stop and search because it was racist, which led to an uptick of
0: knife crime deaths. So you are right that his policies do get people killed. Like he's the most guilty human in these three, yes, that should mm. have punishment, and instead he's yeah. the one with the least punishment. Yeah, he's he's
1: the one actually with the um the controlling hand in this circumstance.
0: So anyway, Anderson
1: gets suspended from the Tory party because why wouldn't he? Uh, so what does he do? Does he at least put out his chest and go, you know what? Screw you guys, I'm right, and you know I'm right. No, instead he cucks. Here's the, the comment. Following a call from the Chief Whip, I understand the difficult position. I put both he and the Prime Minister in. Really, Swell I had nothing to do with this, right? With regard to my comments, I fully accept they had no option but to suspend the whip in these circumstances. I think they may have had other options. Uh, however, I will continue to support the government's call to uh, efforts to call out extremism in all its forms, be that anti-Semitism or Islamophobia.
2: What a beaten dog.
1: Yes. What a beaten dog. Um, Nigel Farage was like, look, Called, uh, join reform and destroy the Tories. But no, instead... You don't have to be bullied every day of your life, son. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's exactly <laughs> what it is. But instead, Lee Anderson decides, I'm going to be a cuckold, actually. I would rather bend over and take it from Sadiq Khan. Um, disgusting, pathetic,
0: but what can you do? Why well, he could stand up. At any moment, he could stand up and he'd stop being a cuckold but until then.
1: You could. But you know what's interesting? Why was he suspended from the Conservative Party?
0: Has he noticed the obvious because he said it?
1: No, because he refused to apologize. So being an Islamophobe in uh, Rishi Modi's party is fine, right? That's, But when you're called on it and you don't apologize, not being a cuck is the reason he got kicked out. Uh. Sorry, are you not going to be cuckolded to the Labour Party in uh, Sadiq Khan? You're out, sunshine. You're bloody out. How dare you? unbelievable
2: and and you make a good point to mention that we're sort of governed by an unelected indian midget because it does actually it it does actually make a difference because when you've got a white guy in charge of the party saying that you have to you know put up with all of this stuff you could at least look at it and think you do realize that it's your family who are going to be you know getting the the sharp end of this sooner or later but it does make a difference when it's a foreigner who's saying to the white people yeah you've basically got to destroy yourselves
1: yeah it's literally an, an argument from Indians against the Pakistani man, mm. and the English guys, the guy gets fired. So, okay, yeah. I'm just saying, yeah. you know, I, I'm not a, I'm not a big guy on this subject, but there is an ethnic dimension here that appears to have made itself evident. But anyway, so meanwhile, uh, this is going on. Uh, of course, Islamic mobs took over London bridge. Uh, yep. Sadiq Khan, totally
4: fine with it. Obviously, why wouldn't he be? Uh, good thing. I'm not going to London basically. Anyway,
1: after this, three female MPs, who are not named, but were cited as members of the Conservative and Labour parties, have been provided with close protection, a permanent police bodyguard, uh, because they uh, apparently a risk assessment was uh, conducted, and they are <laughs> MPs from both major parties are at heightened risks of attacks. And Of course, that's because in the last eight years, two MPs have been murdered. This is the country that they have created. However... Now, you might be like, well, that's quite bad. Maybe that deserves... I mean... uh Who's doing the murdering? Yeah, well, that's a great question. Um, No idea, but the Metropolitan Police, like, well, we've found that there's been an unacceptable rise in Islamophobia incidents across the capital in recent months. This is deeply unsettling for Muslim communities and all of us who want to live in a peaceful and tolerant society. It's like, my God, they actually did the Norm Macdonald thing. (sighs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> like, like, yeah. Look, we know that if Muslims a Muslim wants to bomb friends. Parliament, God, the backlash against the Muslims yeah. would
1: be terrible. Imagine yeah. the the tolerant Muslims. Who, <laughs>
0: it's just
2: bonkers. To be fair, if the Muslims did destroy Parliament at this point, I don't think there would be much of a backlash.
0: No, the English are probably cheering them on.
1: Yeah, but the point is that we shouldn't. They shouldn't be this way. But anyway, so then you had like uh, conservative quizlings like uh, yeah. Said Warsi, who was like, "Hey, I'm I'm the Blairite Muslim in the Conservative Party." and we have a rot of Islamophobia in our party. It's like, I'll just give over. But anyway, so, <laughs> so getting to uh, Sadiq Khan, and just a quick quick thread here about all of the extremists that he's defended in his career as a lawyer, a human rights lawyer, of course. Uh, 2003, he, his, he was a consultant of a defense team that defended, uh, I can't pronounce that, a 9-11 terrorist who confessed to being a member of Al-Qaeda. Um, he uh, also defended Louis Farrakhan, you know, the guy who said, I'm not, anti- I'm not an anti Semite, I'm anti Termite. Uh, Nation of Islam leader, massive anti Semite, blah, blah, blah. Um, there have been a bunch of others, of course. Uh, he didn't ban the Al Quds march, which glorified an illegal jihadist terror organization. He, of course.
0: Yeah, that's a direct action he could have took and didn't. Should have taken. Because of why? Yeah. Well, it's the same thing By with. The, sympathies. What the, else? What do you want me to say? What? It's
1: the same thing with the pro Hamas October the 7th. I mean, there's literally people there with posters
0: of the hang gliders. And, like, okay, that's an open glorification of terrorism. Whereas the lockdown protesters got beaten, the Tommy guys got beaten. Yeah. Mm. These guys climbing over the statues and bringing banned group flags that can get you arrested in 10 years in prison. Yeah. Nothing. Just leave them alone.
1: Sadiq's brother in law uh, participated in the demonstration led by uh, the black flag of ISIS.
0: Well, I'm sure they're different brothers. so. Yeah. I mean, just, Okay, it's just, just weird. Just something that happens. Uh, Do you know the statistics on Muslims out of interest? Which ones? I was running some statistics. It turns out because there's forty thousand Muslims on the terror watch list in the oh, United yeah. Kingdom, yeah. which is one percent of all Muslims in the United Kingdom. Which means if you're in a room of hundred Muslims, statistically speaking, one of them will be on the terror watch list. Whereas for non-Muslims, it's one in fifteen thousand.
1: <laughs> so I'd have to be at an Ariana Grande concert.
0: Yeah, but you think that march? I mean, how many people are at that march? But right. then you run the statistic and, and you have a thousand terror suspects.
1: Yeah, but then there's a self selection bias as well.
0: Yeah. So, anyway, Sadiq,
1: of course, goes, goes to Al Qaeda recruiters' marches and it's just, it, it, it keeps going on. Right? It keeps, it's just painful
5: how obvious all of this is. Yeah.
1: But, uh, but anyway, so this, this is, he's got a long history of being sympathetic to Islamic extremism. Uh, and defending it under his capacity as a human rights lawyer, guys. Uh, But anyways, Sunak finally, finally issued a statement. And I realize it's gone on a bit, but this is just, oh God, it's just so awful. Anyway, he says, the events of recent weeks are but the latest in an emerging pattern which should not be tolerated, legitimate protests hijacked by extremists to promote and glorify terrorism, elected representatives verbally threatened and physically and violently targeted, and anti-Semitic tropes beamed onto our own parliament building. And in Parliament, and again, Sadiq Khan's police decided they weren't going to shut that down. It would have been illegal. Like Martin Daubany went there and was like, you're not going to stop that. It's like, no, it's illegal. Yeah, it's illegal. So they're just going to let them do it, right? Uh, And in Parliament this week, a very dangerous signal was sent that this sort of intimidation works. It is toxic for our society and our politics and the front to liberties and values we hold in Britain. Our democracy cannot and must not bend to the threat of violence and intimidation or fall into polarized camps who hate each other. it's really a little bit too late for that. The explosion, yeah. the explosion in prejudice and anti-Semitism since the Hamas terror attacks on the 7th of October are unacceptable as are on British. Put simply, anti-Semitism is racism. Oh, God. Okay, yeah, okay. All we can talk about now is anti-Semitism.
0: Really. Liberties and values that we all hold dear. Now, for some reason, yeah. there's massive anti-Semitism. For some reason, lots of the people on one side of the aisle don't hold these dear. I like the line that says, I am proud to be
2: yeah. the first British Asian Prime Minister. I noticed that he didn't say, I am proud to be elected the first. British Asian Prime Minister.
1: Yes. I'm proud to be the first British Asian Prime Minister. But I'm even prouder when that, when it happened, it was not a focus at all. It is what makes me most proud of this country because it's proof we're the mo- most successful multi-ethnic democracy in the world. It wasn't a focus because you bloody rigged it, mate. No one voted for you, Sidney. You cooed the government.
0: And <laughs> you're yeah. <they're> like, yeah, <laughs> multi-ethnic democracy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, you cooed yeah. the government. And if I was. And the ethnic groups are all trying to kill each other, and you're like, successful multi ethnic democracy. And
1: then you just pan out, the camera keeps panning out, and it's the decrepit ruins of England that he's zoomed, you see, zooming out on. And it's like, what the hell is going on here, man? But anyway, so, uh, you know, you've got like uh, journos who are like, well, it feels like we've got very close to anarchy. Uh, Sorry, what? Like, it would be anarchy for Lee Anderson and Suena Brabman to say things that are true about this country.
2: Oh, he's not talking about the mob. He's talking about He's people talking commenting about on the mob. The narrative. Oh, what a massive. What will he do about Braverman and Trust? That's, it's
1: anarchy if they're allowed to tell the truth about what's going on. Well done, Tim Walker. I'm sure that the mobs will spare you when your time comes. But anyway, I just want to finish this by saying look, right, go to lotus.com, sign up, support us, because of course we get demonetized for this sort of thing. And then go and watch my, rep- my video on the concept of representation. This is one of the few books that ever talks about what it means to be represented. And then come back and watch this segment. And ask yourself, at what point are you being made present? Because if you are an Englishman, you got made present in what happened to Lee Anderson, right? That will happen to you. That'll probably happen to us, happen to everyone. Like this, the country has essentially been hijacked for foreign interests by an agenda that does not do anything to serve this country. And it's just driving me mad.
0: Leave it there. Good ending. Let's go. We'll move on and talk about the. Segment which we're still struggling. <laughs> the the <laughs> impending future we're, <laughs> that we're still trying to name
2: that we won't get censored on. Yeah. So uh, who knows this guy? This is um, Julius Malmo, the forty two year old up and coming star of is it? Malmo. It's um, Malima, Malima, Malima. Yes, Malima. He, lo-
1: he looks that, like a very
0: Swedish city. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> but he's, yeah, but it's quite diverse, though, isn't it, Malmo? <laughs> yeah. So, so maybe that's maybe what I was thinking of. But anyway, but, right. So this I is. I can't
1: help but notice that he looks like quite a jolly fellow. Right, he looks kind of approachable. <laughs> like you know, if he if he was serving you in Starbucks or something, you'd be like, "Yeah, right, mate, how's it going?"
2: You know. So he could also get a job in like a Butlins or something yeah, like yeah, that.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. He looks like he'd be chill.
2: Grandma's going to vote for him. Um, oh, yeah, nice smile. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He looks got well, friendly eyes, is not he? As well as we get into it, friendly eyes may not fully represent the character of this chap. Possibly not. Yeah. No, he he is the um up and coming star of South African politics. Um, he he's the sort of widely regarded as the guy with the sort of most charisma and ability when I say political ability I don't mean of course somebody who can actually fix potholes I mean he's quite good at dancing and chanting kill the bar well yes yeah, funny you mention that because I've, I've got that coming up um, now I, I, before I do uh, just a quick note a lot of people are confused about the sort of history of South Africa it's not the case that the whites turned up and displaced all the blacks no, it's they turned the, up after yeah Yeah, the Bantu basically emigrated down from sort of central West Africa. Mm. They sort of came down and they arrived about the same time as the Boars were coming in. And there were people who were originally there. I can't pronounce it, but the Kokiai and the San.
1: Nomadic herdsmen.
2: Yeah, and the Bantu came in and basically killed them all off. Yeah. Um, so, so, it's, so, uh, you know, South Africa has that sort of history. But anyway, t- talking about Mr. Um, Ma- Malmer, he likes to sing songs. Let's see if we can get. Um, here we go. This, this is this is one of his songs.
0: Enrich the bar. I'd have to give it a click if you want to hear it.
2: No. Konto,
0: Zamkonto
4: Shoot to kill, kill our. Shoot. To kill the monster, kiss the poor, the farmer, kiss the poor, the farmer. Brr, pa. Brr, pa. Brr, pa, pa, pa,
2: pa. So, kill the boar, kill the farmer.
1: Yeah, shoot, kill. Um, I've covered this before because what was interesting is uh, last year I think it was. Um, this was deemed not hate speech by South Africa's courts. Yes, uh, and uh, the Western media was like, "Well, it's metaphorical,
2: obviously, isn't it?" Yes, yeah. like, is it? Actually? Do, do you think Do you think Lee Anderson would get away with them? Um... <laughs> 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 Probably not. <laughs> Something similar. Yeah, it's, a, it's sort of strange that, isn't it? So, Next year's anyway.
1: Conservative Party conference. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yes, if he just, just came out, kill the farmer, kill the journalist, you know. <laughs> no, no, the, or, or the Muslims. What's the no. farmer done? <laughs> uh, yes, quite. Um, but no, so, so I've got a simple question that sort of comes from this. He's the rising star in South Africa. The yeah. ANC's um, fortunes are waning. We're coming to that in a bit. What if he does get into power? And what if he actually does it? Well, there was a clip of him saying, look, uh, we're not
1: calling for the genocide of all the white people in South Africa yet. <laughs> it's like, okay, that feels very Kanye West.
0: But we are calling it. <laughs> like, like, but we are calling for all the genocide. You know? Like, <laughs> we know I can't talk about it, but I'm going to kill them all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: <exactly. laughs> now, let me get up here and sing this song about shooting the boa. You know, like...
2: Anyway, so we we come back to our view on whether it's actually likely to happen or not. But just thought experiment. Let's just say that he does do it, and it happens, and it's now a thing. It's been done. The question I want to ask is, what would the reaction in the West be to that?
1: Well, if the October seventh attacks is anything
0: to go by,
2: Earth.
0: what did you think the colonisation looked like? <laughs> I mean, sincerely, that yeah. will be because that was the viral tweet from what, who was it again? Some some threat. leftist.
2: Yes.
1: But like that's literally what they said.
2: Well, I'll, I'll give you two scenarios. And you, you listen to these and you tell me which of these two scenarios you think is most likely. Scenario one, widespread condemnation. Um, wall-to-wall coverage of South Africa and Western media. Um, white solidarity rallies taking place in, in the Western media and in every Asylum Western capital.
0: Often yep. for all of them.
2: Um, every, every Western leader issuing a statement in support of the white people. Like um,
0: Ukraine, we're going to have flags up. Well, that was no, my next point.
2: Them. Downing Street, the Arch de Triomphe, and other major monuments being lit up in an image of white people looking sort of stoic. Oh, just and just the South
0: African flag. Yeah, South African flag. and so, um, The old one. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. yeah it, 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 is that likely? Scenario two, just in case you weren't sold on Whatever
1: Scenario... Whatever Scenario two is, <laughs> going to be this one.
2: <laughs> so Scenario two is um, Western governments immediately sponsor a Don't Look Back in Anger campaign. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Use, using, so <laughs> <Sally can wait. laughs> <laughs> using military grade psyop teams to launch campaigns while making them look organic the nudge unit is in full effect yeah.
0: so we um, get comments sometimes that we shouldn't laugh at such horrible things but I don't know what else to do yeah that, sorry that is they'll do that yeah well I haven't finished yet um, <laughs> Western media briefly
2: mentioning the eradication um, of the white people of South Africa and then memory holding it and never mentioning it again um, lefty intelligentsia soft advocating that it was a good thing with like what you said. Um, what did you think liberation actually meant? i yeah. will um, be the Guardian article. Yeah. And, and uh, my best part of scenario two is conservatives spending a weekend on Twitter coming in really hard by saying, imagine if the roles were reversed <laughs> and then dropping it themselves three days later because the left isn't talking about it anymore. Yeah um and the ai is being updated to explain that actually it's complicated yeah so so which of the and actually that is that is actually a thing um, because really? a, at the moment i thought what what does gemini think about it because gemini is basically a safe bet of what the, end, oh, okay. the worst opinion is and at the moment even gemini says that white genocide in south africa is a bad thing right okay i'm surprised yeah gemini is like i hate white people but yeah so i mean when even Gemini uh, Gemini says that this is too far left wing you know that you know this is this is a bit far but in scenario two what would happen is the training data would be updated by actually it's complicated and then that answer would change so um, yeah what do you think
0: imagine if this AI existed during the 1930s (laughs) just the 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 German version (laughs) of Gemini (laughs) Jesus Christ
2: somebody's got to be building that
0: (laughs) 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 it already exists
2: Andrew Torber's made
0: well, I didn't want to say that. <laughs> <laughs> give, give give me an image of someone from Iran and it just gives you a German with blue eyes and blonde hair. I mean, the, it, it is the reverse version. I've oh yeah. become the re- that conservative who's like, oh, well, the role's were reversed. <laughs> uh. but the,
2: the reason I the reason I pose this thought experiment is just to demonstrate, is it vaguely possible that we might have a problem in our society? I mean, I don't know. What, what do you think is more likely? Scenario one or scenario two?
0: Well, obviously scenario two. Two. I, uh... I'm I'm a little bit you know, you used to show me that movie where the guy's saying that where well, we're going, we don't need eyes. Yeah. <laughs> we don't need eyes. Event horizon. That's horrific. Because yeah. genuinely, I, you see the South Africans and they've got their rifles and they know, they know full well that every Western country is not going to even lift a finger. Yep. They are In fact, on we're their gonna condemn own. them for resisting. I mean, I look back at Rhodesia, and if you ever listen to the Rhodesian songs, one of the big themes they have is actually almost shock that the British decided to embargo them. Like, no. are you serious yeah so we we're through, siding with
1: the communists
0: yeah we went through the colonization together you funded it and then we fought in world war one with you in the mud and blood and gas and then in world war two and then we helped you defeat the japanese and and then you just like yeah no we don't need you yeah what yep. Uh, but that shock that's not there in the south africans they know they're on their own
2: yeah they know in advance they're going to be betrayed i normally don't like talking about south africa because the problem is is, is we all need to avoid prejudice but it's very difficult to spend more than five minutes looking at South Africa without having every single one of your prejudices confirmed. Oh, were you looking down? Yeah,
4: yeah.
1: And then the interviews that was it Ross Kemp did. So you know, is that is rape good? And they're like, what do you mean rape? What's that? You know, and saying, no, no, we don't think it's bad at all. It's totally
0: normal. What was the statement? He says, um, but don't you think of the the bads? Consequences of rape, and he's like, ah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes yeah. I get AIDS. Yeah. She, yeah, I get AIDS. Maybe she gets pregnant, <sighs> and then the child exists, and that's bad. But we can get an abortion. It's like, no, no. The consequences for the woman, <laughs> and they literally in silence stare. Doesn't at him. understand the question. Yeah. But the look on his face, as well, it's just,
2: like, yeah. oh God,
0: that was the day that
1: Ross Kemp stopped being a liberal. <laughs>
2: Yeah, well, aren't we all not, the same. Not a point our parliament has got to yeah. so far. But, um, you know, I mean, I talk about this guy because, I mean, ANC is absolutely dominant in, in, in South African politics. Um, you know, and, and the reason they're so dominant is because they led the effort to end apartheid, which was, of course, a very good thing. Um, very good thing. And, um, you know, th- their achievements include um, life expectancy in, in um, South Africa going down from when they took power, it was 62, yeah. uh, and then it went down to 53.
1: Don't forget the rolling blackouts, affirmative action. Oh, priority, yes. Uh, hate speech laws that only affect one racial group. Same like we've got here, actually. That's right.
0: All, against, all against of it. that. Yep, yeah, yeah. Which is... And again, the just persistent level of violence and rape that persists. What did you think black liberation looks like? Vibes?
2: Well, yeah. I mean, the, to give you an example of, of, um, of, of the ANC in action, There was at the last election, there was a whole region where the water supply I mean, talk about bad timing. A month before the election, the water supply for this entire region gets cut off. And they're without water for the entire month leading up to the election. Mm. Now, before that happened, the ANC support was at 75%. Do you want to guess what it dropped to after this sort of disastrous timing right before election? 65? 74. (laughs) It went from 75% support to 74. (laughs) Right, okay. That's how resilient the support for the... um, for the ANC has been. Well, that was the last election anyway. Might, my my vote
1: for you isn't even contingent on you being able to provide clean
2: water. water yes. Like, what is Fairly it? Fairly basic. Um don't know actually.
1: Yeah. Like, yeah, but what could it be? If look, if like you need water more yeah. than you need anything else. Yes. Like you can go months without food. You can go days without water.
0: It's my understanding, because there's a guy from South Africa who follows our start. Thank you, mate, is that most of the ANC support comes from the fact that they, the way they run the economy is the mass they want the biggest number of people getting some kind of payment from the government every month
2: oh I'm coming to that yes oh, right, okay. yes, that, that, that's definitely going to be in there. I, was, I, was, I but, was going to mention but, but, I
0: said, but even if you can't provide water oh, yeah, as I long still, as I'm getting yes. a check from the government only if the ANC are in charge yes so maybe that's the explanation
2: uh, it's it's it well, that that's certainly a big part of it but i mean things have got so bad in south africa now that uh, even the anz is starting to lose support and the, and the, one of the main issues and you've already mentioned it is load shedding um so you actually get an app if you if you live in south africa oh no hang on i i i, I put oh, what did i i can't remember why i put him in now but anyway i put him in for some reason <laughs> anyway so um, just for sam uh yes anyway so if you live in south africa you basically get this app on your phone um and it tells you When you're going to be getting power cuts. So on Friday, the 12th of May, you'd look at it and you'd say, okay, I'm going to get 12 hours of power cuts today. And it's sort of broken broken down between these times. Load shedding. Yes. Now that's that's a bigger problem in South Africa than you might first think. Because you might just think, okay, that's a bit inconvenient and the lights are going to be off and I need to recharge some torches. But we've all seen those videos of the mother with a child in the back driving home and her electric gates open, and she drives in, and then thieves run in, and she needs to sort of pull a gun. But of course, if your electric gates don't open at all, you need to stop on the street and get out with a child in the back and with your car unlocked, That's you know. Great, is it? Well, and, 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 and how do you run a business in South Africa?
0: Yeah, no, um, if you don't, <laughs> intermittently, if you yes. don't have electricity, you end up with a famine. This is what happened in North Korea, because mm. when the electricity supply ran out, the factories couldn't work, which meant there was nothing to sell to buy food, and if you can't buy food, you starve.
2: Yes. Well, an even big, bigger problem with this app is, is I mean, look, you can see you've got a nice stretch there between 6 a.m. and 10.30 a.m. So what do the locals do with this information? They start stripping the power cables off because they know the power's off, so they can sell the copper within it. So then, of course, uh, future yeah. power cuts are more Not a problem, uh, because it's a severe. Well, yes, quite. quite. So, um, look, what, what you're seeing in... in in uh, South Africa, is a sort of advanced mix of massive corruption and competency crisis. Yeah. Um, it's what we've been talking about, what we're starting to see with places like Boeing in the West now. Yeah. This is just 30 years into the future of that. Um, and, and actually, the weird thing with um, with the sort of corruption, particularly in the power thing, is it's actually in the interest of the people who run South Africa to have these sort of power cuts and, and for things to become despotic. And the reason for that is because when something goes wrong, they can then take a massive amount of money and give it to a contractor who just happens to be a family member or a friend and say, okay, you go and fix it. Now, of course, they don't actually go and fix it, they just pocket the money. Yeah. And this is just South African politics at this point. I did do a brokenomics on the um on the on here we go. On uh on South Africa with um a um a, a local billionaire who um Um, He's getting involved in politics in the Cape Town, and that's actually a very insightful um, interview on um, what what happens in South Africa. So, um, the upshot of all of this is that new polls are now showing that the ANC might actually dip below 50% support, and the significance of that with the South African system is they then have to go into a coalition government with somebody. Yeah, and who's the other option? Well, so there are there are there are some options, and actually, I did I did even watch a um, a white South African YouTuber talking about these options, um, and I found it slightly worrying Isn't because fellas with a spear in their logo, or no? spears? <laughs> <laughs> well, they've both got spears in their bloody logo, Callum. Uh, yeah, that's a fair point. So, but, so first of
0: all, he
1: talked about the ANC. Sunny Hills.
0: <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> but like I'm at not- least Angola has. a, I think they've got an AK, don't they? Look, if we
1: had a political party that had a longbow in the bloody. Thing. I'd be quite yeah. proud of that, so I don't, I don't see that as being embarrassing. No way. Like the one's a sunny hill, series of hills with the sun shining the over them. The right others, a melee weapons. So it's just like, okay.
2: That's okay. a good point, actually. But this this uh, South African YouTuber that was he was a white South African as well. He he made this video and it goes to show the sort of extent of the problem they've got because he was looking at these options and he said, well, and he was listing all the problems of ANC, um, and then he was talking about. Um, um, DA and, and he was saying that um, it's so problematic that they've got a white leader um, and, and he thinks it's not necessarily wrong for there to be a white leader but you know this party has issues with inclusivity and stuff like that
0: white people are evil and need to die So,
2: and then while he was making the video the power went out <laughs> And then because, because the camera has its own battery... <laughs> yeah, he's just, recording in the dark. Yeah, you just see the light go out, and, and so he, he sort of makes a face. And then there's this jump cut, and he comes back two hours later, and he says, oh yeah, sorry about that, um, we, 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 had, uh, we had load shedding. Anyway, so, so the problem with DA is they keep, they keep losing um, prominent black supporters, so they've clearly got a race issue in there. And then he goes on to talk about the EFF, who literally want him dead. Oh, no, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, mate, but this isn't this isn't particularly complicated. One of these parties is driving you into the ground. The no, other one wants burn. you literally dead. I don't care. You just vote for the party with the
1: white guy. It's not even that. Just vote for the party that's like, hey, here's a brighter future that involves sunshine and rolling hills and power. Well, oh, yes. Like electricity. Possibly even the rule of law. Could we have water? <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> so, I mean, making, making your point on this, which is the, the social grants. So this chap, Blessings Rambo, um, points out that, um, here we go. So, so I mean, he, he's an independent candidate for some other party or something. There's yeah. quite a lot of them or something like that. But anyway, so he, he's saying that um, the ANC has led South Africa. Only and, 7 million people have jobs that pay taxes. Yes. So you've got a population of 62 million and 28 million of them are getting handouts.
1: Only 7 million are paying taxes. Yes. Like, almost, like, what's that? Like 12% of the country pays taxes.
2: Well, it's... How can we make that happen? <laughs> yeah, well, it's, 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 it's actually even slightly... I know. ...slightly worse than that. You see, the, the sort of headline here, it sort of speaks for itself, but um, 3 million South Africans pay 90% of all of the income tax.
0: The, 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 what?
2: 3 million out of the 68 million pay 98, 90% of all of the income tax.
0: 5% and, of the pop. Yes, Pay 90% of the tax.
2: Yes. And you've then got another 4 million paying the other 10% of income tax and then 28 million on handouts. This is
4: mad. (laughs) (laughs) I just... How does that even work?
2: Well, it doesn't. That's the point. Yeah. That's the point. That's, That's why the power's going off and the potholes are potholes. It's, it's it's a bit of a mess, um, and the thing is, these, these people who actually are paying tax—they're basically the people who are presumably living in the Cape and leaving in droves. Yeah, no kidding. So um, you know, pe- people who are getting the Gibbs going up, people who are paying tax are bailing out. Um, and but the point is, though, at least they have somewhere to go at the moment because South Africa is going first on this great yeah, experiment, yeah, yeah, yeah. so they can bail out to Europe, yeah, Australia or, uh, Australia. And, or, or the US. When this starts happening in the US and, and Europe, w- where do we go?
0: Australia. <laughs> we're all going to go live on the big island.
4: Why do
1: we have to keep fleeing?
0: Well, it's where all the English are going currently. So, I mean, like, uh, one of our editors came back. Yeah, uh, I, know, I know. I know. And well, I'll tell the audience the story, which is that yeah. he came back and noticed that all of the English uh, young people are in Australia. And he was like, yeah, and all the people with kids who were young were all English. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's where they are. Because you just don't see them in Swindon, for example. They're not there. They don't exist. Literally, huge populations of the young just went to Australia.
2: So, are we all going to end up in Russia eventually?
0: They're open to us. Well,
1: I, I don't thinking, know I thought. was thinking
0: Hungary, maybe. Well, Russia. Yeah, did hun- Hungary
2: or Russia. That's going to be basically the only choice for the white people when this when this eventually works its way through
0: the system. The Russian government sincerely did say they will accept refugee applications from South Africa for whites because <laughs> they want help with the farming. So,
2: oh, good for them. But you know, the question I've got is, is, is South Africa just some weird outlier in all of this, no. or is this the future of the West?
1: Well, I mean, let's have a look at how many people in Britain are currently on benefits. Yes. Who
2: They are. Well, I mean, that's the thing. Right. So, so will this massive push for, for, for diversity hiring turn out differently in the West, or will it turn out exactly the same way it turned out in South Africa?
4: Well, okay.
1: it's the definition of insanity to keep doing the same thing and expect different results.
2: Well, here's another question for you. What about ramping up more diverse groups in political power? Um, will, it, will it increase corruption or will it turn out exactly the same way as it did in South Africa?
0: I'll tell your story. Sure, then. So most people think we got our nuclear weapons off the Americans. We didn't. The Americans invented nuclear weapons and we had to do it independently. And, then we, awesome. and then we realized we were broke. So we decided to have an, a joint agreement with the Americans. where We would sit down and share nuclear technology So the British and the Americans went and sat down, and the British realized they didn't actually know what to share, so they went, bugger it, and just shared everything. And then the Americans walked out the room, and then came back in, and said, well, it seems that uh, physics in Great Britain works the same as it does in the United States. I have a feeling sociology works the same in South Africa as it does here.
2: Yes. Well, I've got more questions. What about this one? Will importing millions of people who are dependent on government handouts turn out differently in the West than it did in South Africa? Or is that that the same problem?
0: Maybe maybe those Americans are wrong. Right. Physics works different places.
2: Yes, it's very possible. So the only white pill that I can sort of add at the end of this is, on balance, having looked into it, I don't think that South Africa actually will have a white genocide. And the reason I've come to that conclusion is because the competency crisis um, and corruption <laughs> also affects the Sorry, police and the laugh. army.
1: But you're basically saying they won't have enough fuel in the cars to get to the farms.
2: Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. So, so there are, there are 9,000 private security firms in South Africa employing 400,000 people. They won't be able to pull up Google Maps because the power will be off. Yeah, but there were 405,000 <laughs> private security personnel in South Africa protecting, protecting basically the white people. And there was far more of them than there is of the army and the police mm. because they're so underfunded and so incompetent. And, and as we talked about in the Brokenomics interview with, um, with Rob Herzog, is the, is the private security firms are going down the range every few days and letting off you know, hundreds of rounds. The police are allowed to do target practice once a month and they can shoot three times. So you know that competency crisis is, is going throughout there so so the only reason I think that there isn't going to be a white genocide in South Africa is because they're so incompetent they couldn't physically pull one off if they wanted to.
0: They don't have enough ammunition yes, mercenaries could overthrow the army
2: uh yes yes that that, that could come to that, although they've already done that once, and um you know they 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 suffered international condemnation for it so so that's my sort of white pill for the day on this one oh, it's that actually um. Government corruption uh, and the competency crisis and diversity hiring could actually be a good thing in the end, because it means they would be too incompetent to pull off a white
0: genocide. Well, that cheery note, let's go to the video <laughs> comments.
2: Hi, Lotus Cedars. My name is John V. I'm a new subscriber. I just wanted to say thank you to you guys for all the interesting and informative videos.
4: And I also wanted to say thank you to Connor because I recently read an article in, of his in the European Conservative about St. Edward's Church and
1: being a Tolkien fan. I really appreciate you drawing attention to it and the point you made about preserving old world charm and traditions.
2: Well, thank you very much for signing up and we will pass on your kind words to Connor. And
1: that's a very pretty picture. I assume you painted.
2: it. Yeah, next one. Dan, I just want to comment on your Brokenomics used car episode and I just want to say never buy from an auction. I was looking for this thing, I went to an auction, really solid looking car, looked as good as this thing, and I found the frame rail was patched with cardboard and then undercoated over. Not safe, not cool. It's not even a hard patch. It would've taken me like two hours to fix it. They're lying about that. What else were they lying about? That's the kind of stuff waiting for you at auctions. You have to buy from an auction. Know what you're looking for. Don't hope to find something. Choose a couple specific cars, know them well, investigate them thoroughly and pray to God that you don't get hosed and you miss something. Cause I've seen really smart people get absolutely hosed at auctions. Never, never, never.
0: If you have to know what you're doing, man.
2: Good comment. Thanks very much.
0: The next one. Hey guys, I tried to record a video comment about
2: the debate with Narinda, but I just couldn't fit it into 30 seconds. So I made a 12 minute YouTube video. Here it is. It's on my YouTube channel. You can find the YouTube link on my website. Please do more such interviews. P.S. <laughs> yeah. I'm about halfway to
0: monetization, so any boosts would be greatly appreciated, guys.
2: I I will sign up immediately. You
0: well, why? I should already have, but yes.
2: but no, your your thing. It's um, it's generating quite, quite a lot of reaction, isn't it?
1: Yeah. I I mean, I didn't like not enjoy it either. Like it was entertaining, as far as right. I. Was- was it the next it, day once my headache had subsided?
2: Because <laughs> <laughs> at least those of us out there, we could just take our headphones off every now and again. Yeah. But, uh, no, it was, a, it was a good one, that. The next one. Highlighting
5: how Canadian law is founded fundamentally on the unwritten English constitution, Ryan Alford builds on Tom Bingham's rule of law to explain seven rights that were created by the legal revolutions in English history and contrast them with the way recent governments have been acting notably with regard to terrorism and pandemic. Legal theory in England can be traced back to time
2: immemorial, which is not some mythic age but the time of the medieval kings before John. This was the time that English common law was being recorded and codified into the basis of the. Landscape to come. That sounds quite interesting, actually.
1: We actually can go back even further. Like, you can find the laws that Alfred the Great compiled
0: and uh, read them,
1: and they're all they're all quite like commonsensical. But what?
0: Ignore me. I'm being
1: childish and reading the chat. (laughs) (laughs) Like a lot of it's like um, restorative. So it's like if you break someone's finger, you owe them ten shillings or something, stuff like that.
2: Mind you, if you really dislike somebody, that might be a price worth paying. Maybe. Only 10 shillings.
0: All right, let's go to the written comments on the site.
1: Uh, that Texas gal says Monday morning coffee with a side of black pill. Delightful. Yeah, sorry, but like, it <sighs> just keeps happening. Uh, Arizona Desert Rat says, Well, aren't you a ray of sunshine this morning, Gallum? Why? The country didn't change. <laughs> like,. <laughs> <laughs> says litter tells a lot about the population it shows there are no feelings of connection to the land and why would anyone want to live in a dump and it also shows the population doesn't care about the future of the region as why would they want to raise children in a dump it shows that these english towns and villages truly have no future and this is the end uh yes basically uh ramshackle ramshackle otter brackets woman that's my fault sorry um Obvious, the the girl has no white British patrons, as "Jiggy Jiggy" is not a phrase I've ever heard a white British
0: person use.
2: Why did the rest of what? her comment get redacted? I don't
0: know, but um, he is redacted. I want to go and read names. it now. But Do you yeah. use a lot of prostitutes? I don't know how you.
1: I've no idea, but Jiggy Jiggy. It's, <laughs> I mean, it's it's a highly diverse area of Birmingham.
0: Yes. Uh, we could run it Yeah, the you've R&S got to simplify S, it so that even
2: yeah. people who turned up very recently know what you're talking about.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've told you about Den Fucking Man, didn't
2: I? I don't think so. Den
0: Fucking Man. No. It was a German boatman. Right. You know, one of them migrants. Uh, he turned up in Berlin and was arrested for sexually assaulting a woman. Oh, yeah, and then sure. they checked his uh, uh, body and they found a piece of paper where he'd Google translated a few phrases. And he literally was just, the only phrases he had were, I want to fuck. Please, can we fuck? I want fuck. So it just became a meme of Den fucking man. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the Bald and Bankrupt latest YouTube video says something if they can happily go to what is perceived to be the most sketchy place on the planet, but one night in Birmingham is too much, says Victorious G. Maravar hmm. um, says, I work in central Birmingham, and from where I am, I can see the Hippodrome Square. For those unaware, the Chinatown slash gay village areas are relatively well off, but it's going downhill. The roads are crumbling, litter is everywhere, homeless druggies are everywhere, and everywhere is grey and lifeless. Except, of course, the massive, pristine pride mural on the ground in Jordan's right. square. Cars aren't allowed on it. Events are heavily restricted to protect colours. The whole thing is hemmed in by barriers of peace. Could not be a more perfect illustration of the decline. Good comment. Yeah. It's just, God, it's so depressing. It makes me want to say things that I can't say. Uh, Omar says... You would think the biggest, biggest reason we don't build anything beautiful, beautiful anymore is the cost. But I have to wonder how much red tape specifically disincentivizes or outright prevents aesthetically British designs. See, if I were in charge, I'd make it so it was mandatory. So essentially everything would probably cost like 10 or 15% more, but at least it looked pretty. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't care. Um, Derek says, it's very telling when the MPs are concerned for their own lives, yet don't give an F when their constituents and citizens are under threat and living near in poverty. Uh, yeah, I mean... This is why the Don't Look Back in Anger thing, because of the Manchester Arena bombing, even though the guy literally failed to prevent it because he was afraid of being called a
2: racist. And we funded the bomb. Oh, yes, I forgot that. Yeah, the security guard. He yeah. could have stopped it, but he like, but hey, didn't want to be called racist. That
1: Muslim man looks like he's got a bomb.
2: Well, How we am wa- I a racist? We, we also could have stopped it by not funding him Well, We paid money. literally for the bomb. Yes, we paid literally bomb, for the, the bomb, bomb.
0: parts were paid for by taxpayers' money.
2: Yes.
1: Matt says, the outrage over Lee Anderson is simply because Europeans aren't supposed to notice the in-group preference of other groups. Yeah, that's, it, it's because he's an Englishman, which is why that happened to him. Mm. Uh, Chance says, the demons in government would rather risk their own lives by importing endless amounts of radicalized Ahmeds and Mohammeds before they would even consider representing you or their constituents. It is mad, isn't it? It's like, no, I no. would actually rather be surrounded by people who want to kill me and will threaten
0: to do so rather than represent
1: your interests in Parliament.
0: So your uh, statement that the England is the last country occupied by the British Empire, I think becomes more and more true every day. Mm. And that's a nice example because the people who run British society who are non-foreigners, uh, they seem to have an imperial mindset in everything they do. They want to be a viceroy. Yes, They want to live that life for some reason. Yes, Because I don't know how else you, you get to that where you're like, oh, I want everyone around me to be something that could kill me and a colonizer. I think. The only person who would ever want that is someone who wants to be viceroy. I I
1: can only assume they're like I should have been born in about 1870, and I should be presiding over India.
2: Well, that is British exactly way. what I think, so I can I can get with that. Well, thought process. You need to join the Conservative Party. What yeah. about being Mayor of London? <laughs> but, but the thing that confuses me so much, right, is th- these people cannot be in that much of a bubble because everywhere you go, people understand exactly what's happening. It's, it's like not it's not a confusing thing, and these people all go back to their constituencies, and they must have relatives and mates who who, t- who talk frankly to them. So Marisa? I'm just forced to conclude that they must literally want zero seats at the next election. I, I just don't get it. I'm, I don't know what's going on.
1: I would love to interview Rishi Sunak.
2: Rishi. We could, I get, I get in- we could get him a little booster seat and everything.
1: Yeah, we'll do it like the uh, Tucker Carlson, Vladimir Putin one. Except this will be more controversial. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Taffy Duck says, The most bizarre thing I've seen in the Twitter rubbish about Lee Anderson is this leftist tactic. Every time someone speaks out about the native British population being replaced, some utter cretin will come out and say, define this, define that. I've noticed this trick and they know what we're talking about. Simply seek to trip you up. Yeah, exactly. Don't don't play into it. Uh, Just um, ignore them and call them racist. Um, George says, you know what? The South African commies are honest. If you plan to genocide somebody, at least be open about it. And there is something to be said for that. Like, you know, the Conservative Party, are they substantively different to the EFF? They're just... Yeah, that's a good point. They're just quieter about it. Julius, Julius name is like, hey, I'm going to shoot you all. And the Conservatives are like, no, we're not going to shoot you all.
2: So you are just going to let somebody else stab you. Yeah, exactly. After we've imported he, exactly. them.
1: Exactly. It's going to bring in people who are going to shoot you
0: all. <laughs> But also yeah. the, the genocide thing there. I mean, there's a few ways you do genocide, and one of them is just through demographic change. Yep. And for the under-30s, less than 50% of the British under-30s are white British. Yeah. So there you are. You've achieved it. That's, that's just so, a, Say that number again. For the under-30s of the yeah. British population, less than 50% are white British.
2: Bloody hell.
0: Yeah. You made a tweet the other day that I really, really liked, which is that you wrote something that was, in economics, all that matters in tra- is trend lines. The rest is just time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I ran the numbers the other day. We should be a minority white British country by, I think it was six years? Six years? Yeah. Oh, well, yeah, I suppose if the conservatives keep importing a million people a year. If you run the trends as they currently are. So by 2030 census, that's it. Six years. Not long. So, Brandon um,
1: Thomas says, kill the farmer. What could go wrong? Well, we could
0: ask Zimbabwe. What did go wrong?
2: But mass starvation.
0: Yeah. The British abandoned us. We don't know why. Yeah. Mm. Suits the redcoat
1: says if they do start Boer genocide, executive outcomes will come back out of the woodwork. Remember, you used to be able to join the Belgian forces to fight UN forces in, in the Congo. And I, for one, think that's pretty based. I mean, you know, on the plus side, the era of the paramilitary mercenary company is going to be golden age, absolute golden age when the collapse of civilization happens. So you know, if you're into that kind of thing,
2: do you think we get Look, the future's looking bright if, <laughs> if, if, we do, if we do sign up for a South African mercenary company and go and fight do you think we get the same treatment as the people who've gone over to fight in Ukraine we'd be hailed as heroes
0: um, I right. mean you will I mean, sincerely the whites of Africans will be like hell yeah yeah I was gonna say you oh yeah fight oh, no, their supporters <laughs> so I'm talking about back
2: home no no, no. Yeah.
0: Um, yeah. screw them what do they know yeah exactly what do they know
1: exactly um, what do they
0: know of England that's <laughs> good question
1: uh, passing says, it's really sad to see South Africa brought so low. If you think about how far they've fallen, it really makes you think about the state of our countries. Also, what the, what the hell are the white South Africans going to do? Um, well, I mean, if I were, I, I, I remember I used to work in a call center and there's a guy from South Africa there. Oh, no, sorry, he's from Zimbabwe. Hmm. And I Because I'd never heard a Zimbabwean accent before. He's a white guy. And uh, I, I remember talking to him about it. He was just like, yeah, we had to flee. And I was like, why? Like me in my because uh, I'm like 24 you know and like I didn't know anything about Zimbabwe I didn't think anything
0: about What? Well, and this I, was, I just hate that excuse which is like I'm 20 something I well
1: no it, like literally I didn't know no, a, a, I a
2: better excuse is that Tony Blair had only been in power a few years at that
1: point yeah literally it's like 2003 okay. yeah. or something and it's like love actually is the, 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 <laughs> the normal state of affairs the nightmarish UKIP ethnostate yes. that we lived in in like 2004 right and so I'm working in this call center I was like, oh, "All right, well, what's happening? He, like, he sort of told me about it. I was like, oh, that sounds bad. You know, like, <laughs> <laughs> I, d- I didn't know anything I just saw you. Yeah. <laughs> that was 10 years later and because feminists got into my video games. Um, but the the point being, like, I think that's going to be really, unless you're prepared for the long war, uh,
0: it's just leave.
1: Go again. I, I, if I were in South Africa,
0: and I know that that's not a nice thing to say, but like, so, the Rhodesians held out for 11 years. They fought for 11 years of war. The um, South Africans are looking at something similar, but it's again, trend lines, then just time. Because the way the Zimbabweans won the Bush War against the Rhodesians is they just managed to make conditions bad for the whites to the point that they would leave, they would emigrate, and then just time. 11 years of Bush War isn't actually that bad a strategy if the white population is continually. Continuously going down. Yep. At which point you just win. Yeah. So the South Africans, if the at- conditions are made where the whites will emigrate, you've already lost. It's just a matter of time.
2: Well, right, and, it, and it's like that quote from Starship Troopers it's simple numbers, guys. There's yeah. more of them.
0: They have more, yeah. Mm. Anyway, we're out of time. Um, if you'd like to join the Bush War, <laughs> sign up at lotusseasers.com and uh, we'll be back tomorrow. Bye.